A listener of the podcast called me this week and said that he has an investment unit in Liberty Village and his property taxes just doubled, killing his cash flow. He's wondering if he should be selling his unit and getting into something else. Find out what I told him on this week's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Apologies in advance for my strange or rough sounding voice, but I managed to get a last minute ticket to the Jays game last night. Of course, they won the wild card game, depending on when you're listening to this, but uh, October 2016, the Jays had a huge game last night and uh, they won that game. It was absolutely crazy and phenomenal. It was a great night. But as you can imagine, a lot of screaming was involved and yelling and cheering, and uh, such as it is, my voice took a bit of a beating, but um, I'm feeling great, feeling good, and uh, go Jays, go. So um, as I said in the intro, um, I had a gentleman call me uh, this week, and their situation is they have a one-bedroom townhouse condo condo townhouse unit in Liberty Village. They purchased it approximately one year ago for $285,000, and they are renting it um, for $1,580 per month. And they just got their tax assessment notice, and, and uh, he just got his tax assessment notice, and he says that his taxes are doubling, roughly doubling, um, from about one forty a month, working it out to about two sixty eight a month, and he said that this pretty much kills his cash flow. He said he had around hundred bucks a month, give or take cash flow, and now he, if this uh, is this is coming into play, then he will basically have no cash flow or maybe a little bit slightly negative cash flow, and he's wondering. Um, because of that, maybe he should be selling this condo and getting into something else. Well, I'll tell you what I told him in a moment, and it maybe is something, of course, useful for you, and that's the whole point of this podcast, and everything that we do at True Condos is to give you valuable, useful, actionable information and advice for your um, condo investments. But uh, before I do that, just a general comment that this really illustrates and the reason why I always recommend um, condo investors buy pre-construction condos and you may have seen or videos or heard me talk about this in the past but one of the core pieces of advice we always give is when it comes to condos you you always want to invest in pre-construction. Now this gentleman um, purchased this condo not uh, with us but with somebody else presumably um, which is fine, and he's reaching out to to us for advice, which is great. We love to give advice and um, uh, and help whenever we can. Um, and but he purchased the uh, the condo last year in the resale market, and this illustrates the point very um, in a salient way that getting cash flow in the resale condo market is very hard. We get people asking us all the time, hey, Andrew, I'm interested in investing in condos um, and I'm thinking getting something resale. I want to get something right away and start renting it out right away, which you'd think would make sense, um, get cash flow now as opposed to cash flow later. But 
the issue is, one of the issues is, there's many factors that go into it. We won't get into all of them here today, but it does illustrate the point that um, it is very hard to find positive cash flowing rental properties um, in the resale market today. One of the primary reasons for that is the price that you pay for that resale unit today is significantly more than the price that the person you're buying it from paid for that unit if they bought it pre-construction. So, um, yes, if you, you know, let's say this example, he bought it for 285, but the guy he bought it from bought it for, say, 200. Well, the guy he bought it from is getting great cash flow at $200,000 with a mortgage on that. But if you're coming in and buying it at 285, then it becomes a lot more difficult to get positive cash flow on that same unit. Um, so that is just the first point to sort of talk about before I get into what I advised um, this person. But um, the, the other point sort of again to get into before is when it comes to assessed values and property taxes, um, and this is something I told him, is, is sometimes you get sticker shock when you see those assessments that come in on your property taxes every four or five years or so. Um, but those assessed values are phased in over time. So you see that top line, say your condo's worth, I don't know, let's say it was assessed at 200000 and you get this property tax assessment that comes in, it says your condo is worth uh, 300000 you say, whoa, you know, uh, that's going up 50%. Um, but take a look, take a closer look, and it's just the way these forms are done. It's a little bit confusing, but they are fa- it's phased in over five-year period. So it's going to be valued at, assessed at 300000 five years from now is generally how these uh, forms are, are written and, and how, it, how it looks on paper. Um, so that is not something that's happening right overnight today. It's, it's, they're saying your, your value is this, we're going to phase it in over the next few years. Um, and of course you can fight, um, your assessed value as well. You can protest it and you might be successful in getting it lowered if you have a good case to, to make there. We won't get into that on this episode again. Okay. So let's get to my answer to his question. Should he sell or should he not sell? Um, well, you might surprise you or you might not, but, um, I, I instru- I, I gave him my opinion that was no, he should not sell. In fact, I said, it's actually a really bad time to sell right now. And that might be counterintuitive to a lot of people listening. So wait a minute, isn't the market red hot? Isn't, isn't everything's moving and everything's great with the real estate market? Isn't this a great time to sell? And you might be getting flyers at your door. If you live in a house or a condo, you're getting flyers all the time from a million real estate agents telling you it's amazing. The market's amazing. It's a great time to sell. And here I am telling you it's a horrible time to sell. Why am I saying that? Well, quite simply, because why would you sell an asset that is appreciating at a very fast pace right now? Why would you get rid of something that is putting money into your pocket, so to speak, that is building your net worth every single month at a, at a phenomenal rate? Where are you going to put your money into something else that's going to beat that? So take a moment and think about that if you haven't already. If you do have property you're thinking about selling, um, consider that idea that 
this is actually a horrible time to sell. If you want to sell your properties, sell them in a flat market, sell them in a down market. Um, selling them in a market that's going up, up, up. Uh, I've seen so many people make that mistake this year. Um, getting out way too early, um, selling with leaving so much money on the table, selling six months a year ago and leaving thousands and thousands of dollars on the table and not reinvesting the money in, in some many cases into something else. Um, if you're in the market already, how do you grow wealth in the long term? This is another key thing that we always teach is you grow your wealth long term in real estate by holding on to property. Hold on to property for long periods of time. If you're if you're buying and selling, flipping, 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 moving in and out, in and out, um, yeah, you, you might make a decent income, but uh, if you want to grow wealth, if you want to build wealth, if you want to um, see your net worth, you know, expand exponentially, then you got to give it time. You have to be in the market, and you have to uh, have more properties in the market, more rental properties. Um, growing your portfolio over time and, and holding those properties for as long as possible. That is how, um, that's how the rich get rich. And that's how the, the wealthy are where they are is because they're, they're not flipping properties. They're sitting on property. They're holding properties. They're paying for themselves. And they're holding properties for the long term. Okay. Bit of a rant there, a bit of a sidetrack there. Let me get back on track here. What did I advise this uh, gentleman? So I told him, yes, generally, it's not a good time to, to sell. It's really a bad time to get out of the market if you have something like that. If you bought it a year ago, it's probably worth a lot more than you paid for it now. Um, but the other thing is just do some basic uh, math is what I talked to him about. Is do some basic math on what you'd be giving up if you do sell. Well, Let's 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 do some assumptions. So let's say you're you hit like this guy. You you've got a, a property that is let's say negative a hundred dollars a month on cash flow. Negative a hundred dollars a month on cash flow. Not a good situation. Not something I would ever advise. But it's the reality that um, we sometimes find ourselves in due to situations outside of our control. Maybe a maintenance fees could jump up. Uh, there could be some special assessment. That, uh, maybe for some reason rental rates uh, drop in your building because, uh, I don't know, uh, something weird uh, happens next door or something, suddenly demand drops, or maybe the government, in this case, uh, assesses your property and your property taxes go way up. So something happens outside your control, which sometimes occurs, and you're sitting in a negative $100 a month cash flow, for example. Well, he's he's one year into a five year um, mortgage. So let's let's base this all on a, uh, this example on a five year assumption. If he holds it for five years, rides out his five year mortgage. So he's one year into it. If he's let's say it just stays the same. Let's make it an assumption: rents aren't going up or anything over this five year period, which is not a good assumption to make, but we'll do it anyways. Um, Negative $100 a month for 48 months. That's about $4,800. $4,800. Call it, call it five grand. $5,000 negative cash flow over the next four years. Ouch. He's thinking, man, $5,000 negative cash flow. But what else is happening with this property? Well, like I said, property prices are appreciating. They're appreciating at probably in the, in the core downtown condo market. 
probably around six to eight percent right now on average. Let's let's be conservative. Let's knock it down to say four percent. Let's let's assume that um, property values are going to are, are and will continue over the next four years that to appreciate at four percent his unit. So on his unit, roughly three hundred thousand. That's roughly a thousand dollars a month. So his property is appreciating a thousand dollars a month. His net worth is increasing approximately a thousand dollars per month. So a thousand dollars per month times forty-eight months, four years. That's about forty-eight thousand dollars. Forty-eight thousand dollars. So if you were to sell now, in a sense, uh, because you don't want to lose forty-eight hundred. You'd be giving up forty-eight thousand over the next four years. When you think about it like that, wow! I think it should hopefully start to become clear that um, you know the different dimensions of real estate investing and how they come into play. The other thing is, somebody else is paying his mortgage. The tenant is paying his mortgage. So if you do the math, which I did for us here, roughly. He, on his mortgage, he's at about 2.7% fixed mortgage for the next four years. Um, you're looking at roughly $27,000 in principal pay down courtesy of the tenant. You've outsourced your debt, which you do when you buy investment real estate. You outsource your debt. Somebody else pays it for you. and Somebody else builds equity for you. So $48,000 in appreciation conservatively over the next four years, $27,000 in mortgage pay down over the next four years. You're looking at about $75,000 increase in this gentleman's net worth if he just does nothing, sits on that property, continues to rent it out, rides out his five-year mortgage term. $75,000 versus... um, $5,000 in negative cash flow. Now, again, this is a very simplified, dumbed-down version of the math and doesn't consider a lot of other factors, but it does illustrate the point very clearly that, again, there's many dimensions to real estate investing, and if you're only thinking about the cash flow, you are missing a lot of the other dimensions. You're, You're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing... Uh, taking into consideration how um, wealth is generated. And I'm not saying that this gentleman is is that case and he hasn't thought about these other things. He certainly has. But sometimes it just takes seeing it written down on paper or listening to this podcast and hearing it spoken to you for it to sink in and for you to, to see what's really happening here. Um, so you'd be giving up a, a lot, obviously, and... and um, and that's the main reason why not to sell. But other than that, we talked about things like mortgage penalties. So um, if you're in a fixed mortgage, and a lot of people, this is something a lot of people, especially first-time um, investors, um, are not. They're certainly not thinking about it top of mind. But mortgage penalties can be an absolute killer, um, especially obviously if you're in a fixed mortgage. If you're in a variable mortgage, which is what I always recommend, and I've written articles about this, and I always go variable, and you should too, but um, if if you're in a variable mortgage, it's really not a big deal at all. Mortgage penalties is just three months interest payments in most cases with variable mortgages. If you're in a fixed mortgage, your 
uh, especially like this gentleman, he's only one year into a five-year fixed mortgage. The amount of interest that he still is contracted to the bank to pay is huge. Um, it's probably, you know, between, again, I haven't done the math on that one, but it's it's in the tens of thousands. So um, that's obviously, you know, if you're selling and, and breaking your mortgage and if you have to pay that penalty, uh, you know, that's that makes it very simple, very simple decision to make. And in most cases that you wouldn't do that because the penalty would be um, very, very severe. You'd be taking a huge loss um, just to avoid a, a small monthly cash flow deficit. Um, so that's uh, that's the other thing to consider as well. So there you have it. That's uh, my advice that I gave to this gentleman with the Liberty Village condo um, townhouse that he was thinking about selling. So again, my advice was don't sell, hold on to it. And of course, I told him, you know, I'd love to help you sell it if if you if you do decide you want to sell it. I'm happy to do that. Um, that's what I do for a living is I help people buy and sell properties, and that's how I how I get paid. But um, as I often tell many people who contact me about selling their condos is something I, um, have been known to do is talking people out of selling their property rather than, uh, you know, telling them they should sell and taking commission for that. Uh, but again, I, it goes back to what I believe and, and what I do personally is, is holding properties for the long term and growing your wealth through um, property accumulation as opposed to flip property flipping. Okay, so that is a wrap for today's episode. I hope you found this useful and I hope you found it educational. And if you did, I hope that you share it with somebody that you know, somebody it might apply directly to or somebody who's just interested in getting into real estate or condo investing. Go ahead and share this podcast with them and I'd much appreciate it. For the show notes on this episode and on all the episodes of the True Condos podcast, just go to truecondos.com forward slash podcast. And if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the True Condos podcast via iTunes or Stitcher on your uh, iPhone or Android device. That is the best way to get these podcasts and as opposed to listening to them just on the website. If you're doing that right now, you can do that and go ahead and keep doing that if that's what you're comfortable with. But for more control over the episodes and you know even things like how, the speed, obviously I'm not a fast talker. Um, you may appreciate listening to me on one and a half or two or three times speed, and that's totally okay um, with me. And you can do that when you're subscribing and you're getting it on the iTunes. Um, uh, if you're getting it on the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad or uh, Android phone and Stitcher, you can do that. You can't do that if you're listening it to it on the web, for example. And you might miss an episode if you're listening to it on the web um, or just clicking on the link in the, uh, in the emails that I'm sending you every week. So go ahead and subscribe. Subscribing is the best way to get the content fastest and to listen to it whenever you want, wherever you want, at whatever speed you want. Okay, that's enough for me today. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week and go Jays go. 
Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com. Oh, 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 oh,